If you have your Bible with you, turn with me to the Gospel according to Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 4. This morning we will finish chapter 4 and be reading verses 35 to 41. If you're a guest with us, uh, we're working our way through the Gospel of Mark together, thinking about Jesus as our King and what it means to follow Him as our King. Uh, we are now into this book for six months, and today at the end of the service, we will have made our way through a quarter of the book. So we've still got plenty more to go, so we welcome you to join us as we as we watch Jesus as our King, and today we are going to see him as the King of the Storm. And with all that in mind, let's read verses 35 to 41. This is the word of the Lord. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boats so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? If there's one idea that I do not have to illustrate or introduce to you this morning. It is fear. Fear, panic, paranoia, conspiracy, alarm, angst, anxiety, worry has spread faster and farther than any virus. Fear is not just a psychological problem. It is not just a sociological problem. Fear, brothers and sisters, is a theological problem. The key to this passage is the disciples' question at the end of the story. Who is this? And what Mark is using this storm to show us is this, brothers and sisters. When fear takes over, you forget who Jesus is. I don't have to ask if fear has taken over. And so this morning, I want to remind you who Jesus is. This storm is not about you. It's not about what you're going through. This storm is about the king who calms the storm. And so as we walk through this story, I want to answer the disciples' question, who is this? With four answers to who is Jesus. The first answer in this story is this. Jesus is the God of creation. 
Jesus is the God of creation. We know that this storm was massive. We know that the storm was not normal, that it was supernatural, because half of the men on the boat were fishermen. They spent their life at sea on boats like this. They grew up on the water, and they're not acting like they've seen it all before. They're losing their minds. In verse 37, Mark tells us it is a great windstorm. On this same body of water, recently, there was a storm with waves that were 8 to 10 feet high. I imagine that this storm was even bigger. The waves were even stronger. But in verse 39, Jesus wakes up and speaks three words. Peace, be still. And the great storm, Mark says, becomes a great calm. The storm does not pass over like storms do. The waves do not gradually settle. Mark says it ceases immediately. And the disciples who know what a passing storm looks like, who knows what, how, how fast a storm can come and go, they don't just ride it off as another storm in the night. They're stunned and say, who is this? Even the wind obeys him. God alone has the power to control creation. We see this throughout Scripture. In the book of Job, this was God's point to Job. In chapter 38, in verse 8 to 11, he asked Job, Who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Who can do that, Job? Psalm 89, verse 8 and 9. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. And now, the wind and the waves respond to Jesus the way they would to God. Because Jesus is, in fact, the creator God. John 1, 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1, 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the king of the jungle. Jesus is the master and commander of the sea. Jesus is the Lord of Niagara Falls. Jesus is the God of the Sahara Desert. Jesus reigns over every tornado and earthquake and tsunami and hurricane in the universe. Not a speck of dust floats across the room outside of his authority. Not a drop of rain falls and hits the ground without his permission. Jesus is the God of creation. Who is Jesus? The second answer Mark tells us, Jesus is the man of faith. 
The only place in the New Testament where we see Jesus asleep is here. In this story. In the middle of a storm. What does this tell us about Jesus? Well, if calming the storm shows us Jesus' divinity, his godhood, then his sleeping through the storm shows us Jesus' humanity, his manhood. First, Jesus simply was tired. The very first phrase of the passage in verse 35 says, on that day. It takes us to the day he spent teaching in parables. Jesus has been teaching the crowds over and over again, preaching the word. And brothers and sisters, let me let you know if you've never spent a day preaching, preaching is exhausting. It will wear you out. So Jesus is just tired. But second, When you contrast his sleep with what the disciples are doing, his sleep shows us that Jesus, as a man, trusted God the Father enough to go to sleep. Like the farmer in his parable in this chapter that he told in verse 27, he knows that God will work things out. And so while the disciples are having a panic attack, Jesus can say like the psalmist in Psalm 4 verse 8, in peace. I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Jesus, the God of creation, became the man of faith. Now let me ask you, why did he become that man? Why did the God of creation become a man of faith? Well, he tells us in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45, he says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here's this purpose statement. Here's why I've come. And so this gives us a clue why Jesus did not panic on the boat. He knows beyond a shadow of a doubt he's not dying in the Sea of Galilee. He has another storm to face. He has an appointment at the cross, which leads us to our third answer on who is Jesus. Contrary to the disciples' concern, Jesus is the king who cares. While the storm is still raging, the disciples stumble down the stairs. They they barge into the room. They wake Jesus up. And what do they say? Jesus. Do you not even care about us? They don't see Jesus as the man of faith who trusts God enough to go to sleep. They see Jesus as the friend who has forsaken them. It's his fault the storm has come to them and they're not safe. Can't the one who has healed the sick, can't the one who has cast demons out of people in the synagogue, can't the one who's done all of these things protect his own best friends? What's your problem, Jesus? Notice and think about how familiar this feels. Their fear turns to anger. And they accuse the God who made them. But let's just remember, how much does God care? How much does Jesus care for them? He's the one who called them in the first place. These fishermen. 
and brought them in and allowed them to be a part of his work. He's the one who's shown them his power over and over again. He's the one who's told them things about God that no one else gets to hear. For everyone else, it's in parables, but they get the secrets of the kingdom. And now they face one little storm, and all of a sudden, Jesus doesn't care about them. Jesus cares so much about them, he goes to the cross. And on the night before he goes to the cross, the night he's betrayed, where do we find his friends? Sleeping. Can't even stay up an hour to pray with a brother who's about to die. How much does Jesus care about them? John 15, 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Brothers and sisters, because of our sin, we faced a greater storm than these guys ever faced. We faced the storm of the wrath of God. But God, the God of creation, became a man to face that storm for us. Isaiah 53 verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, that calmed the winds and the waves of God's wrath. And with his wounds, we are healed. And the good news of the gospel is that on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. And as the writer of Hebrews tells us, he did it to deliver us from death and the fear of death. Let me ask you, in this season of fear and paranoia, how much does God care for you? Maybe you forgot it doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how long you've lived the Christian life. You haven't faced a storm of fear like this. And you might not have forgotten like you've forgotten now. But let the word of God speak. 1 John 4.10, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And friends, if God has brought you here today and you are living in the middle of the storm and you realize that you're living in the middle of the storm without Christ, that there has never been a point where you have turned to him away from your sin and put your trust in what he did on the cross and in his resurrection and that the wrath of God still looms over your head and there is no hope. There is a reason to fear. Brothers and sisters, you can have hope and peace from the storm today. If you turn and repent and put your trust in Jesus, he will calm your fears and bring you peace. Do that today. And when you do, and for those of us who have, we can answer the question one more way. Who is Jesus? Mark tells us, Jesus is the one to fear. If there's anyone to fear, it is the king. Look at verses 40 to 41. Let's go back to the story. He said to them, it's after the storm's calm, why are you so afraid? 
have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? There's irony. The disciples thought they were afraid when the storm was raging. But then they became really afraid when the storm was gone. Because when Jesus spoke, the power of the omnipotent, infinite God was before them. The same thing happens at the end of Mark when Jesus rises from the dead. It's an odd ending to a book, but in Mark 16, verse 8, he writes, And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The disciples here trade one kind of fear for another. Friends, there's an unhealthy fear that forgets who Jesus is. But there is a healthy fear who knows and remembers who Jesus is. Fear, biblically, is a response of awe and reverence and worship. And as as weak and sinful, finite, limited creatures... There is nothing more awesome than the power and holiness of Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.17, if you call on him as father. Let me just pause right there. Some some have taught and have have been led to believe that fear is no longer a part of the Christian life. Let Let me ask you to consider these verses. Do you call on God as your father? Peter says, if you call on him as your father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, since we have these promises, let me ask, do you claim the promises of Christ? Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the God of creation who became the man of faith to show us he was the king who cares and so that we would know he is the one to fear. Brothers and sisters, he holds us in our hands. His grip on us is is like a boat that cannot sink. He is sure. He is steady. He is faithful. He is strong. So let me ask what Jesus asked. Why are you so afraid? That word, afraid, means to lack confidence. But the Bible does not call us to be confident in ourselves. That's why Psalm 27, 1, the psalmist says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Think about the things, the thing, whatever it is, that makes you afraid. What is it? Now, some of you right now are tempted to say, nothing. Nothing makes me afraid. I'm fearless. You are afraid of being afraid. You're afraid of being seen as weak. You're you're afraid of not having all the answers. Some of us are afraid to speak in public. 
Some of us are afraid of being known. Some of us are afraid, afraid of being alone. What is it? And I want you to think through what we've learned about Jesus today. And let me ask you another question. When fear takes over, it keeps you from living in faith. When it keeps you from obedience, what are you saying about God? What are you saying about Jesus? When fear takes over and keeps you from faith, this is what you're saying. Jesus is not strong enough to see me through. Jesus does not care enough about me. Jesus is not smart enough to know what I'm going through and to give me the right answer. Jesus' plans are not wise enough. Jesus' promises are not sure enough. Jesus' presence is not powerful enough. Jesus' reward is not worth all of this trouble. Listen, in your fear, you are saying, God is not God enough for me. But Jesus says in John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Look past your fear at the God of creation. Look at what Jesus endured as a man to bring you to God. Look to the cross when you wonder if he cares. And then show him the respect he deserves. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If you have the Spirit of God in you, where is the love? Where is the power? Friends, whatever it is, a diagnosis, trouble at work, a pandemic, the fear of change, whatever. Let the character of God change the way you face the storm. The Bible never promises that you will be protected from the storm. The Bible promises that you will be delivered through it. That's why James says in chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Some of us have gone through some storms. All of us have gone through some storms. Some of us have gone through some storms very recently. And I know we've struggled through these. And I want to speak to these. Listen, storms do not give us a reason to question God. Storms give us a reason to worship Him. Kent Hughes helpfully writes, Understand and believe that it is through storms, afflictions, hardships, and challenges that you grow. And so there's a matter of perspective here. Listen, there is a grace in your storm. There is a good in your storm. Without this storm, the disciples never would have seen Jesus the same way. 
There were other boats at sea going through this storm, but only these brothers on this boat got to see Jesus that way. And in the same way, friends, there is a grace, a thing you do not deserve that you are getting right now in the midst of your storm. God uses storms to show us who he is, to make us more like him, to make us more dependent so that we can worship him. Romans 8, verse 37 to 39, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It might be too little too late, but let me ask, do not let fear take over. Ask God to help you make the most of your season, to see him for who he is. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And with one word, Jesus Christ can bring peace. He can. And if his spirit lives inside of you right now, let his word speak that peace to your spirit. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Friends, when your fear tries to take over, remember who Jesus is. Let's pray.